Hello, 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 and welcome back to Second Cup. It's me, your host, Tim Heller. I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry, everyone. My wonderful guest for today's episode of Second Cup is Alicia Ray Parks. Alicia is a wellness-centered visionary, innovator, and strategist who believes that wellness is at the core of everything we do, especially within business. She's a coach, teacher, and creator, and the director and master strategist at NGNG, No Guts, No Glory, Enterprises, on top of being a certified yoga teacher and wellness coach, so clearly very lazy, not very driven. We talk about a huge move that she is making in this episode, and by now she has made it and is in her new home. I won't spoil it for you, but it's very, very exciting. Now it's time to top off your beverage, get comfy, and enjoy this episode of Second Cup with my friend Alicia Ray Parks. Alicia Ray Parks, thank you for joining me on Second Cup. How are you today? I'm awesome, and I'm so happy to be here. So thanks, Tim. <laughs> of course, I'm so happy you're here too. I'm, I've been excited to uh, to get to the chance to dive in more about you and what you do, and and all the all the exciting stuff that you've got coming up uh, since we first met last week. <laughs> A lot can happen in a day. So if it's been a week since we've talked, then yeah, just I imagine. could probably write a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we jump in, I, I, you know, I'd love to, we'll, we'll go over all the business stuff and the personal stuff and, 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 and all of the wonderful things that make you, you, but I'd first love to just get a quick intro on like who you are and how you got to where you are now. We'll, we'll start with all the personal stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, um, if you look at my dating app, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have any, <laughs> I, I don't have any dating apps. I've never been on a dating app actually. Me neither. Oh, really? Yeah. Just my people in the wild. Like, well, I'm not, I mean, my wife and I met in college and neither of us anticipated getting married young. And then we, we did. And we just would, our friends would come over and be like, this is Tinder. And we're like, wow, this I... is insane. Yeah. Uh, I have a almost 20 year old son who is just now like he had his first love from high school into college and they broke up and he after you know a wounded heart is exploring meeting people through these apps and it's just interesting listening to his experiences as a 19 year old and then I had a, a lot of girlfriends who obviously have uh, <laughs> met a lot of people through him I'm in a relationship where we met in the wild, I say, like out in uh -huh. the world. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess I, I don't know how we got here, but <laughs> about uh, yeah, me, that's what it was. Yes. Uh, yes. About you. <laughs> how I got at NGNG, I would say it's divine intervention. It's uh, spontaneous fulfillment of desire as, um, which is one of my favorite books by Deepak Chopra. Uh, I'm here. I've been here for a, a little over a year and um, I'm in this space because of all the previous life experiences I've had. I think I've had a long relationship with marketing and uh, I was previously in the beauty and the wellness industry, primarily mm -hmm. working with Aveda. And um, most of what I did at Aveda was marketing and education, retail guest experiences. And prior to that, I um, worked in the natural foods industry as a marketing coordinator. And um, prior to that, I was in college learning journalism and marketing. So it's funny because when I went to college, I thought I'm going to, I'm going to go because I love writing and I want to be a writer and I want to write about the things happening in this world. And then I quickly realized as I was a journalism student in college, oh, mass media and journalism is actually kind of scary and not, the, <laughs> not what I want to be a part of at all. So I anchored myself into my marketing minor and that took me to a lot of places. So 
here I am all these years later, uh, working alongside Amber Vilhauer at NGNG and helping people uh, share their voice in the world to make it a better place in lots of different ways that we do that. And then when I'm not doing that, I am all about the yoga. So that's my, yeah. And and so I guess we'll pivot here too because I, I, for folks who don't know, NGNG is called is uh, a company called No Guts No Glory, and run by Amber Vilhauer. Can you tell us a little bit more about what y'all do? Because it's constantly I know it's a lot of different things and evolving almost on a weekly basis. But just a like a brief overview of of what y'all do. Yeah, it, it's it's the hardest question to answer. Amber and I are always like, what do we, how do we tell people what we do? <laughs> uh, we're in the marketing space, obviously, but we're, we're really working on disrupting and changing the personal relationships of marketing, specifically in the digital marketing platform. So we build websites. We got into working with a lot of authors and promoting their book launches and utilizing a book launch as a way to scale business, especially since a lot of people writing books have an important message to share. It's not just Harry Potter books, which are also lovely to read and have an important message, but you know, CEOs, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, game changers, people who had interesting life experiences. And, and so we really work with expanding the words and the vision and the ideas and getting them out there using modern digital technology, but keeping it personal. So how do we manage the bots and make the bots mm-hmm. less robotic and more personal? And, um, and that's, that landscape changes constantly. So we're always pivoting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a world that I never really knew of until I started, until I was introduced to everybody at NGNG and actually through Mark, Mark Zides, who is uh, a guest yeah. on the podcast uh, last week. Oh my and gosh. so who knows by the time this comes out, I think it'll be like two or three episodes in between, but um, yeah. And he has introduced me to y'all and y'all have introduced me to other people as well. And it's it just changed my trajectory incredibly. So, but it's a fascinating world of, I never thought of like taking a book and turning it into a six, seven figure business, you know, and yeah. it's, it's really it's it's fascinating and and so cool t- to see how y'all do that and pull that off consistently with all of your clients. What do you think what do you feel like is some of that secret sauce in terms of the marketing and storytelling that you do that separates you from from other competitors or if you I don't know competitor sounds weird but from other companies that are out there doing similar things. Yeah, I mean there's other models, there's other experiences. I think it's it's a combination of who we are attracting, not only with clients, but with team and just the interesting um, magic or melting pot that comes together at that particular time. Because if you look at where we were a year ago, it was a different team. It was a different set of clients than where we are right now. We have a lot of core people that have been here for a while and will probably stay for a while. And then we have a lot of interesting talent that's always coming in. And I think that that's crucial because we always need fresh ideas. We always need new perspectives. And you had said something earlier about you had no idea that just by introductions, like where this would take you and where it's taken other people. And that's part of it is it's really about the relationships. It's about networking. It's about taking the people that you have in your realm and, and realizing that we're not just a a group of people hanging out together randomly. Like there's actually a reason that we are all here in this space at time connecting right now, because I know someone that knows someone that does this, that does this. And those. it's just, I call it a puzzle. It's like a puzzle piece mm. coming together. And uh, that, 
that puzzle is always changing. The landscape, the view is always changing, but you know, the pieces are always changing, but it comes together. So yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. And just from, from an outsider looking in and, and the little, the toe that I've been able to dip in the NGNG pool, it, it is a blast. And it seems like you all genuinely love what you're doing and, and love who you're, you're building with, which yeah. is special and rare. Mm-hmm. And so with, I guess, I don't, I don't know, I guess how to ask this, but it's, I feel like it's rare nowadays to have people who have stayed in, in one field for a long time, or at least in my experience. And mm-hmm. it's, you've been in marketing now for your entire career. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what has kept you there and how do you keep it? Fra- I mean, it's like a marriage, right? Like what is, <laughs> what is, what has kept you in this relationship with marketing and, and what keeps it fresh for you and what, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen that have been like, oh, this is this is what kind of gets me up in the morning, gets me excited? Well, it's interesting because it is the longest relationship I've had, and I have been on a journey in relationships. I've had. <laughs> uh, maybe that has not been my strong suit. Is um, I'm really good at being able to see what other people need and help them get there, but then mm-hmm. I've had to really work on my own personal. It's the hardest, the hardest to practice what you preach. It's so true because you you have to have different perspective, and I I think for me the marketing has just continued to give me a pathway. So I something I'm really rooting into personally is make the choice, and then the path will be revealed. I don't know why that mm. has never occurred to me until now, but suddenly, okay, I'll take it now. <laughs> and I think that that's sort of like. Marketing is just this space where we're always uh, sharing ideas, telling a story, crafting who we are and what we want. And it, I think it gets underutilized and underestimated and it becomes a, a category in a business that often gets cut or often is uh, not really understood. And it's sort of this anomaly. And that's why we either find that a lot of companies don't have strong marketing or they don't even know what it is or what it's supposed to do or how it can work. Or you have companies that really are doing it right and do it well. And here's why they're successful. So it's, it's a space that I've been in for a long time because it's always opening up doorways. It's teaching me something as I'm teaching it something it's um, adaptable. It can take you into a lot of spaces. And I think what has kept me in this space being career driven in, in marketing is, is my focus on, um, wellness and, you know, being healthy and being able to show up strong for other people. I learned at a younger age, I have to be well to do this work. I have to be strong and fit mentally to show up and go to work every day and do this, Mm -hmm. do this job well. And, and I want to do that. So that's probably (laughs) allowed me to be strong as a professional. And then, um, you know, spiritually, personally, I've, I'm still working on all those pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I feel as are everyone else listening and, and out there and not listening. We're always so a work with, in progress. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's all part of being human. Mm-hmm. So with, with the wellness aspect, how does, how does that look for you day to day and how has that evolved? Have you, do you have a routine that you stick to every day or have you always had a routine or when did that start to be kind of implemented in, and, and how did yoga kind of find find its way and, and help you find your way to that wellness route with everything that you do? I love this question. We could just talk about this forever. And Let's that's go. probably why I'm writing a book about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll plug that at the end of the show. Well, <laughs> the book is literally scattered amongst, uh, I have a stack of like journals and anyway, that's another story. But 
I first discovered yoga was the doorway to uh, this idea of wellness. And I first discovered yoga when I was pregnant with my son. Uh, there's just this weird, you know, voice in me that was like, you should do yoga. And so I literally went to the library and found, you know, yoga videos and started doing them at home. And it just sort of captured my attention and it led me into a beautiful birthing experience. It led me into mm. uh, guiding me as a mom and then it guiding me as a professional because really what yoga does is it's a relationship with yourself. Yoga means to yoke and you learn who you are. And man, it, I mean, there were times that it, it brought me to my knees and that's when I started going, I, I want to know more about this. So a few years into it, I studied to become a yoga teacher, to, to learn yoga, not to teach it. But then I quickly learned that by teaching, you learn. Mm. And it constantly puts me into a space of learning how to show up, how to guide, how to hold space for yourself and for others and constantly step into vulnerability and fear and just keep growing. And, and I take a lot of the principles of yoga and put that into my personal life. Um, and then a few years later, that led me to taking a course with Deepak Chopra called Journey into Healing, which was all about Ayurveda and creating daily routine. And mm. that was back in 2013. It just resonated with me. Now, I may not be able to remember who Ben Franklin was and what he did. <laughs> I mean, I kind of remember. But <laughs> I can tell you, I can talk about doshas and I can talk about, you know, the science of life and why you have to eat this and that and do this and that all day long. That makes sense to me. So I think there's probably just some divine wisdom left over from maybe a previous life or something, but it makes sense to me. And then really in the last, I think since 2020, so skip ahead a few years of like, where is this taking me? Where's, where, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep showing up for this? Is, you know, COVID and lockdown happened. And the only thing that I could think to do was roll out my yoga mat and being a marketing professional, I like got on Instagram and started teaching wellness and yoga and holding space for people. And we got to still show up for work and we still got to show up for all these things. And how do we do that? And, and so now I've been able to kind of sprinkle that into the space here with NGNG of, you know, this idea of wellness at work and showing up as a professional, a CEO, an entrepreneur, an author, and an actor, an entertainer. All these, <laughs> yes. All these different hats. You have to stay limber to keep them all up on your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's so sweet. And, and, and I don't mean sweet, like, Oh, nice, sweet. I mean, like, it just is, it's a very, like, it's a tender sentiment to like, take this, this practice that brought so much value to you and to want to share it with other people. And yeah. I had, I had never really experienced that in the work, but I mean, growing up in the theater and, and doing theater for work and stuff like that, you have these really wonderful experiences where you feel held by this small community of people. And, and not every job is like that. Sometimes the gigs are their jobs, yep. but, uh, I, I ended up at Lululemon in New York city for a long time, uh, as kind of a part-time job when I was in transition from on the tail end of, uh, of my second back surgery and, wow. um, just very at the very beginning of doing voiceover and with no real idea that it would be what it is now for me and where it's taken me now. And that idea of wellness at Lululemon and, and real community there. And I know not everybody has the same experience. So I'll just speak for myself, but it, it has been, my wife is currently working at the South Congress store and has a, had a very That's similar fun. experience of of really intentionally taking those wellness steps to build the whole person. And it's not just like, Oh, let's all just go work out together. But it's like, 
really connecting with one another and taking that time to breathe with each other, whether it's in a check-in or you're clearing with somebody before you start your day so that you know how you can support them or they know how that they can support you. Mm -hmm. Um, that when we were talking about that last week and, and you mentioned bringing wellness into the workplace, I was like, Oh, it's just, it's such a, it's an important thing. And it's something that I'm slowly starting to do as, as a solopreneur and, and stuff at home. And I've got like my little treadmill here. We've got our home gym set up with like 11 yoga mats from Lululemon and all of our, <laughs> we you just, whatever clothing, you have all the gear. I live no in excuses. it. It's literally every layer of clothing hey, listen, that I have on today I got my Lulu on right now too. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, my closet is all at my employee discount, what it was back in the day. So it's, uh, but it is, it's the best stuff. And so, um, yeah, but it's just, I, I love that. And, and you, you mentioned the Ayurveda healing and the, mm -hmm. and the peaceful birthing process made me think of, um, my mother-in-law does, uh, she's a cranial craniosacral therapist. Have you ever I experienced any craniosacral, craniosacral therapy? I love it. Mind blowing. Oh my goodness. For those who don't know what it is, the way, I, the way I describe it in my village idiot terms is it's like, <laughs> it's like physical therapy and therapy therapy. In, in a light touch massage setting with a it's, complete stranger or with, in my case, with your mother-in-law, but it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a good way to define it. It's, but it's so, I don't know. How would you, what's your experience been with it? It's you're, you're literally laying there thinking I, and this is the most relaxed and transcendent I have ever felt, but you're like, how is this happening? Because I'm barely being touched. Or it, 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 so you don't really, you just know it's happening and you can feel it and it's like, you can't deny it, but you don't understand how it's possible. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, have you had the experience of, cause it's all about breath and it's finding the, um, the, the pathways in your bones and in the way that your breath moves your bones and your tendons and how your whole body interacts and holds tension, holds trauma and how it releases. And I've had sessions where, uh, the therapist that I went to in New York city for a long time, Jane Gatanis, if anybody is listening and needs one, she is a, a saint and <laughs> she was working up on my skull and it felt like the, all the plates in my skull were shifting like tectonic yeah. plates going through it, like a cataclysmic event. I was like, why does my skull feel like jelly right now? And then you cry and then you feel 50 pounds lighter and you're walking on air afterwards. It's incredible. Yeah. It's you ha it doesn't the name does not translate to what it is. So mm -hmm. don't get caught up in the name. You have to just go experience. Yeah, truly. Mm -hmm. And so with your Instagram business that you mentioned and getting on Instagram, how did you navigate that? What did you learn and what does it look like now? <laughs> so I was um, in an interesting space with Aveda at the time. I was teaching for corporate, you know, which involved travel and um, I was also working somewhat part-time as an esthetician because I, I was challenging myself then to, to really feel like I've, I've tried everything and I'm ready for my next thing and what is it? And then also still had uh, what I called my big girl job at the uh, Aveda Institute, which was marketing and retail sales and guest experience. And I was on my way. I had a six-month exit plan because I had been with this company and organization for so long and had a pretty big role in and then when COVID happened, um, it sort of like abruptly stopped and made me expedite that timeline. So when I dropped into like rolling my mat out and, and you know, pivoted, it was, um, 
it was sort of like, I knew I was supposed to do this somehow, but didn't know how I knew (laughs) that eventually like all the dots, you know, lined up. And, um, so fast forward, you know, things started opening up. And, uh, meanwhile, I sort of let myself get carried away in this online yoga business. Um, and I started a a business with a a friend of mine and we just kind of like, went with it. It took us for another two years until like online kind of pulled back a little bit and everybody wanted to get back into the studio, which made sense. Um, and so then I was sort of shifting into this, like, okay, well that's done. I've, I've served over there. Like, where do I serve next? And then NGNG kind of like presented itself to me. And so it's, um, if you looked at my personal Instagram, you would sort of see this story being told of like, (laughs) yoga on Instagram all day, every day into, um, now I talk about all these really cool things I'm doing at NGNG. Meanwhile, also don't forget to make sure you stay hydrated while you're yeah, building out your content is, plan. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so with so, all of those different pivots in there, how, what was that, that inner wisdom voice and what was the, that process of, of knowing at Aveda, like, okay, I need to give myself six months to get out. Cause and mm-hmm. that's something I've talked about with other guests on the show is that gut feeling of, of knowing that you need to change, but this blank canvas is overwhelming with all the different options. Where do you start? And, and what did that look like for you? It's so interesting. You asked that because I was, um, I was picking and choosing some of your different previous podcasts to listen to. And I, um, the name is now left my brain. Um, but you had, you were speaking with a um, film producer and he was in school to become a teacher and had like that message of like, why am I doing this? This is not what I want to do. I want to, I want to be in film. Well, my son had that same aha moment about three months ago. We, he's always been into film. We knew one day he'd probably be in film, but he went into business and he's in business school. And he was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I didn't know that I could like do whatever I want. Like it just occurred Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) And I then remember being like, yeah. Isn't it so interesting when you have, like, I call it the aha moments, like the, the light bulb goes on and you're like, for whatever reason right now, this is all making sense. And something I go back to a lot is uh, um, the spontaneous fulfillment of desire that we always have these messages showing up all the time. We just don't see them until we're ready to see them until we've had whatever experience we've had until we've changed our lens. Um, the knowledge wasn't there, but now it is. So suddenly we see those signs and those messages. And um, for me, it was just, it was like, I could do this forever. Yep. Or I could just really start leaning into this idea of what if, and that's what came into my head was what if, like, what if you didn't do this anymore? Or what if you did tell yourself you could go, you know, live by the beach or you didn't have to wait until you're 80 years old and retired and have all this money to do these things. So um, the what if thing has been really fun lately, like just changing this idea of um, what you think you can or can't do. Yeah. And I feel like the pandemic really gave a lot of people the permission to, to allow themselves to say that, hear it and execute and act on it more. Um, I mean, that's why that's how we ended up in Austin. My wife had, kind of, we had been kind of kicking around the idea of moving out of the city to go out to LA. Um, cause that's kind of where more of my, my career was pointed towards. Mm-hmm. And, and she was wanting to take a break from auditioning from things for a while and, and performing and, uh, and also felt like she needed a, a 
a break from being in a big city for a minute to just sure. allow her body and her spirit to rest. And, and we ended up here and, and it's been great. And I had a, I had lunch with a friend the other day and they said perspective, a change in perspective when happens, when there's a change in place and a change in pace. And I just mm. felt like that kind of just slapped me across the face. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it's so simple. But like Owen Wilson and Zoolander, the files <laughs> in the computer, it's so simple, <laughs> but it's. Yeah, sometimes those messages do hit you like upside the head and sometimes they're more sweet and subtle. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but I do agree with you that I think a lot of people um, had awakening and, you know, some people crumbled and they, you know, unfortunately were defeated by that time and space. And maybe that just now they're starting to get that second win. And I think some people took advantage of it right away. But I, I'm really excited to see a lot of the stories that are being told now as people mm -hmm. are on the other side of it. And um, how did you spend your time and what, what occurred to you? And what did you learn and what did you see and do and uh, how many things shift and pivoted during that time? It's um, kind of fun to hear all these stories coming out now. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic storytelling. Like you said, just when people break and rebuild or, or crumble and rebuild or, or, or persevere, and, and maintain through difficult times. That's all the best stories and best yeah. conversations. Uh, yeah. So speaking of a change of pace and a change of place, you have kind of a massive shift coming up in your life. I do. <laughs> Can you share with us what you, what you will about this and, and how this, what if really came front and center? Yeah. I'm trading out my, um, not that I really ever skied or snowboard, snowboarded much in Colorado, but I'm trading that out for my a surfboard, hopefully, probably boogie yeah. board, <laughs> definitely a paddle board. But yeah, yes. I am. I've always had this. I, I grew up in California, so I, I've always been deeply connected to the ocean. And when I was in high school, my parents, you know, ripped us out of everything that we knew and loved in California and brought us to Colorado for a better life. And I say that with like humor, because at the time it was very challenging for me, but it was the best thing in the long run. And I've been here for a really long time. My son, I raised my son here. And now that he's off in the world, you know, seeing the world through his own eyes, it was really when he was in his senior year and we, he finally got to go back to school for the first time since COVID. And, and we were talking about college and his plans. And I started thinking, okay, I can start really thinking about the what if now, because I told myself when he was a baby, you know, this is, until he's out there, like you've got to be here as a mom and that's awesome and build your career and be a mom and do that. So the what if was like, Hey, listen, like you can start actually thinking about this. And it was like, it took off. It was one thing just led to another. And I had this vision in my head because when I was a kid, you know, growing up in California, my artwork was palm trees and the ocean and the sun. And that's yep. what I just drew over and over and over and over. And the funny thing is I should have worn it. Um, my mom was cleaning out her drawer, her closet, like a year ago. And she was like, here's this shirt that I have that you made. It was puffy paint. Cause back in the nineties, you would draw a puffy. Paint oh shirts. my gosh. Absolutely. Shirts, jeans on your jacket, just on yes. the carpet, wherever you can get it. Yes. And so I put it on, it was a black shirt with the neon puffy paint with the palm tree and the sun and the ocean. And it said hot days are cool, which I don't know what that means, but I probably thought it was really yeah. cool. <laughs> and I was like, God, I drew this picture over and over so many times. And it just, it 
then it was like, boom, in my head, like you, you've got to move to Hawaii. Um, and I have been there a few times and I had always, you know, cause of course, like there's monumental places in the world that we all talk about that are on the list, you know, that mm-hmm. a lot of people resonate with. And the last time I was there, I remember coming back and it just every day I thought about it, you know, and mm. I, what if I live there one day? Oh, when I am retired. Oh, when I have enough money. Oh, when, when, and then it was like, no, you don't have to wait anymore. What if you just like said, I'm going to move to Hawaii. So I stepped into the fear and one thing has just sort of led to another. I've, I've learned, it's been a year process. So I moved there officially March 9th and, um, and man, has it been a teacher. <laughs> it's been a journey and I haven't even gotten to the island yet. <laughs> yeah. A month from today. How does that feel? Where is oh, that yeah. sitting in your body and how is that, what is that vibration? Well, now I'm back into the space of excitement, but a couple of weeks ago, I finally got taken down by some fear and some motion, um, especially as I know I'm going to have even more distance than I've ever had with my son, who's almost 20, like, okay, it's, you know, he's going to be fine. But that, that means our relationship is changing. So I had to swallow that for a little bit, that um, relationship I'm in, we're, we're going to be doing long distance. So it's like, discussion, healthy discussion around that um, relationship at NGNG and what will it be like to, to work from a different space. And mm-hmm. all those conversations just hit me, like you said, like slap in the face. And I was like, dang, can I do this? Uh, can I, can I actually do this? Like, like, and then it was like, yes, you can. So now I'm on the other side of like, okay, I still want to be present here because life is still happening here. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'm very aware that the the island is calling me and I'm like, listen, Maui, yeah. my car is already on its way. <laughs> I had to ship my car. Um, all the ducks that are in a row, it's just, I have to be in this space for a little bit longer. So we'll see what it, what it teaches me. <laughs> wow. There's so many parallels to when I was a kid as well. Cause I lived in my, my, my heart is, is racing a little bit because I, when we were little, we lived in Santa Barbara for a long time, like for like oh, six and a half years. So it was like, um, what like 97 to 2002 2000 it was some period in there and but then we moved to chicago for that like quote unquote better life or better situation which it absolutely was hindsight 100 percent the right move the schools the arts all of it was just on point there um but it was really difficult to leave California and I've always felt it beckoning a little bit and just kind of like, Hey, come on back. (laughs) And I was obsessed. My fourth grade teacher in at hope school in Santa Barbara, California was, uh, I think his name was Mike Anderson and he was from Maui. He was from Hawaii and I loved him so much favorite teacher. And so when we moved to Chicago, I actually, like, I became so obsessed with Hawaii. I was like, I need to go. I need to go. Still haven't been, but I decorated my room to look like Hawaii with (laughs) maps and like pictures of dolphins and all this stuff. And in, in, in fifth grade in Libertyville, Illinois at Copeland Manor elementary school, they, they had us all write our own books as this like project. And we got to like publish it in a hardcover little draw your own illustrations, write your own story thing. And the book that I wrote was how the Island of Maui came to be. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And I didn't well, think I of it of until, <laughs> oh my gosh, I do too. I need it somewhere in my office. Cause it's, <laughs> it is like Gladwell esque writing for sure. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it didn't hit me when we were speaking last week about 
uh, everything that you have going on. And, and right now it just, it smacked me across the face. I was like, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just know it's supposed to happen. I don't know what's going to be on the other side of it. I, I'm, it's interesting too, because when you make a big choice like this, here's what I've, I've learned. A lot of things have, have happened and I'm actually doing a little bit of a blog about it because I've realized that this is, this is bigger than myself. And, um, first thing is like, people don't always agree with your choices and man, can they really make sure you know how they feel if they don't like what Mm -hmm. you're doing? Especially when they're behind the safety of a keyboard and a server. Yeah. And just like, it's, it's interesting because this is my journey in my life, but, um, people want to give their opinions about it. So at first, when I was telling people that I was moving to Maui, it's so expensive. How can you afford to live there? You're, you know, the, the naysayers. And I'm thinking, well, that's your fear. That's not my fear. And you've worked um, hard to be able to afford to move to Maui and to like, take this, what if, and execute it before you're 80 and like rolling in those buckets of cash of retirement, right? Like you want to enjoy it. Yeah. Listen, I'm not a millionaire, but no one said you have to be a millionaire to move to Maui. Like if you really find your path, like you make the choice, then the path will be revealed. So your path is telling you that's not what you want because that's not for you. It's okay. You don't have to move to Maui. <laughs> yep. And like, maybe I'll I enjoy my paddleboard by myself. Maui says, sorry, wrong decision. Then I, that's okay. At least I'll know. Yeah. Then it's time to move to the big island, right? Right. Then there's a, a bunch of other <laughs> islands I could choose from. <laughs> I'll just island hop for a while, but I don't think I'll be coming back to Colorado. Colorado is a lovely state. It, it's been, California will always be home. I think you resonate with that. It's, it's not where I need to live anymore, but, um, yeah, I'm ready for just something else, some, a different, um, scenery landscape, I, I, but palm trees, I would, I hope it has palm trees where I'm, wherever I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. What was it? The hot days are cool. Yeah. Hot days are yeah. cool. Ready for some hot days that are cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, like if you, you decide to and read your diary and you're like, okay, wow. Like, I, wow. I had interesting thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that like maybe after you retire or move on from NGNG, it's a, it's a new clothing brand or lifestyle brand just called I'd where hot that. days are cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. At least a sticker slap it on my water bottle. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alicia, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This is such a blast to get to know you more and to hear more of your story and and more of what's to come in your story. Well, likewise, thank you so much. And I think it's just a reminder that, um, and you hold space for people to share their stories in this format. And we hold space for people to share their stories. And I think everybody has a story, even if it's just five minutes of your life or maybe you have a more infamous lifestyle, like everyone has a nugget. And um, so thank you for letting me share mine. Yeah, absolutely. Nuggets always welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, before I let you go, I have two questions for you. First is uh, where can people find you on social media and, and with the work that you're doing with NGNG? Wonderful. Well, you can easily find me on Instagram at Alicia Ray underscore wellness. Great. Uh, and then, of course, through the NGNG uh, world, probably the best place is to find me on the website. So NGNG Enterprises and um, more to come because Amber and I are cooking up some fun projects with the team. So we'll see. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Last portion of this before I cut you loose. I've got some quick fire questions for you. Uh, All uh, just top of mind, one to two word answers or whatever you need them to be, but try not to think about them. All right. First question. What's a nickname you had growing up, either from your parents or your friends? Shorty. Shorty. Who inspires you right now? I just got flooded with like so many. <laughs> pick <laughs> like, pick no, the first clients, two. The team, NGNG. Um, I'm really inspired right now by my friend Haley. And I would say also I'm really inspired by Amber and what she has created, accomplished, and so much more to come out of that watching her over this last year at NGNG. Awesome. Love it. Uh, what's a piece of content you can't get enough of right now? Can be a book, can be a creator online, can be a TV series. Well, I'm watching Game of Thrones for the first time and <gasps> I'm really addicted, which is oh a problem God. because I don't really like TV. <laughs> Alicia. Okay. Okay. My nerd is showing hard right now, but okay. Where are you? What's happening? What just happened? How are you feeling? <laughs> That's the problem. We just wrapped up season six, I think. And I'm like, oh shit. So Cersei just became queen. Okay. Is it Cersei? Yeah. I'm so bad about the names. That's okay. Um, yeah. A, so a that's kind of taken over it. my life a little bit more than I want to admit. Oh, good. That's a good thing to have take over your life. <laughs> <laughs> a little behind, but I'm catching up, everybody. <laughs> yes. Okay. At least your past season, what, three was with the Red Wedding or something like that. I was working at a Shakespeare festival and was watching it for the first time, like during tech week. And I had a lot of downtime and my cast was like, Tim, you need to watch this so you can like catch up and watch live with us on Sundays. And so I was watching it and they're like, where are you at? I said, uh, I don't know. Somebody's getting married and they're at, like, they're in like Rivendale, Riverdale, whatever it is. And they were like, oh no. All right. Everybody leave Tim alone and check on him in 45 minutes. And somebody came down into the green room, <laughs> my friend Tom. And I, I, as he hit the bottom step, I just looked up and the episode had just ended. And he's like, Hey buddy, how you doing? I'm like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I, I was told that that was an infamous scene. Like people talked about it for months. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bunny trail back on to the last question. You can only have pizza one last time where from and what's on it. No dietary aftermath. If you're allergic to anything or have sensitivities, it is just like pure bliss and enjoyment. I love Domino's greasy thin crust pizza with pineapple. Mm. Yes. For the longest time. Another bunny trail, if you if you'll indulge me, I like I've always loved Domino's pizza, and everybody thought that it was trash. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Chang, the chef, do you know him? Yeah. Came out with his show, Ugly Delicious, <laughs> and had an, almost a whole episode about Domino's. And he's just like, "Fuck the haters, Domino's is great." And I'm like, "Yes, I feel safe to say Domino's is great." <laughs> Listen, there's something about their sauce, and they have gluten free pizza that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that garlic so butter sad. business that's on the crust now, when they did that whole recipe update, mm, <laughs> game over. Take my money. Yep. I'm there with you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Alicia, thank you again. And uh, best of luck with the move if I don't get the opportunity to talk to you before then. And yeah. I know this isn't the last time that we'll chat, but thank so you. Much thank you so much. Thank you yeah. so much. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Second Cup with my friend Alicia Ray Parks. To keep up with everything that Alicia has going on, and she's got a lot going on, you can follow her on Instagram at Alicia Ray underscore wellness and on YouTube at Alicia Ray. All of this is included in the show notes below so that you can click on it and spell everything right. Find Alicia as soon as you possibly can. A wonderful thank you to the Second Cup family. We have Tara Seuss, Arberth Bercy, Sarang Sharma, and Julius Shepard Morgan. To stay up to date on all of the exciting announcements that Tim Heller Creative and the family of creators that we have under our umbrella have coming up, please make sure that you subscribe, like, follow, all of that good stuff. And uh, until next time, later skaters. Later skaters.